Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. so excited to tell you about a new ministry that is formed here at Whole Life Church. We are a group of individuals, parents, and specialists who live with or work with various disabilities. We came together and formed a committee called No Barriers. Our team is dedicated to engagement and acceptance within our church community for individuals living with any physical, cognitive, medical, or hidden disability. In our mission at Whole Life Church to love people into a lifelong friendship with God, We must have the conversations on how to authentically provide access and acceptance in all areas of church life. How do we do that will look different. Our vision for No Barriers is to encourage a sense of belonging by developing a culture of inclusion by making a way for all to participate, no matter the ability, no matter the need. With your help, there are a few ways we can accomplish this. You would say our goals. The most important is that everything that we do is to bring individuals and families into a lifelong relationship with God. We need to break down barriers that would exclude someone from finding Jesus. One of these ways is to remove physical barriers to provide independence, thus making this a space for everyone inside or outside our walls. The journey is hard for individuals and families living with disabilities, but when we come together to provide support, love and resources to these individuals and families makes a way for Jesus to draw near and a relationship to begin. We will be a safe place by our actions of acceptance, inclusion, and love through our conversations and the words we choose to use. In partnership with AHU and other community resources, there will be training, education, mentorship, and many opportunities for growth. With your help, We dream of providing a program of support and respite for families with special needs. As we accept the marginalized and the vulnerable of this world, we believe our community of individuals with unique abilities will grow. And so will the scope and reach of our action items. Today, I invite you to be open to God's voice and His leading. I invite you to join us in meeting the needs of our families and individuals living with disabilities within our walls then becoming a place of acceptance to those outside our walls so that Jesus will be known here by all. Good afternoon, church family. Today's scripture is found in Matthew chapter 25, verse 40. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Would you like to have the prayer, Emily? (laughs) (laughs) Want to hold the microphone? Want to hold the microphone? You got this. (laughs) Don't, don't, Don't be shy. Do you want to hold the microphone? Do you want to do it together? Yeah. Okay. 
Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, Thank you for a wonderful Sabbath day. Thank you that we could all be here. And help us to have no barriers. No barriers. Amen. Amen. Hi, my name is Corbin. Hi, my name is Carla. Hi, my name is Lexi. Hi, I'm Yasmin. I'm Stanley Pomanowski. Hi, my name is Gwen. I am Ines. And I have a blind disease called retinitis pigmentosa. I have ADHD. I have a spinal cord injury. I'm dyslexic. I have cerebral syndrome. I have cerebral palsy. And I'm hearing impaired. I have hidden disabilities. And I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. And 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 I am a child of God. I'm called God. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, my name is Carla. I'm the youth pastor here at Whole Life. And I know that you guys are wondering why I am speaking today. And um, you might think it's because I'm in a wheelchair, but it's actually because I'm left-handed. And, you know, the world is just not made for people like us, right? Okay, some left-handers in here. Um, but in all seriousness, I am honored to be here today. And if it's okay with you guys, we're going to jump right in and let's start with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, may your word speak through me so that we can understand how to love others well. Amen. So when I was in PT school, our professors would have us watch someone walk or squat or do some kind of functional movement. And then they would ask us, all right, you guys, what did you see? What muscles are weak? What joints have limited range of motion? And I remember looking at my classmates and being like, did anybody see anything? Because I have no idea. Um, but the more I watched, the more I studied, the more I learned. Um, I learned how interconnected the body is and how truly each part has a role. And so I'm going to do a little case study for you here. It's just an example. So if a pitcher comes in with shoulder pain, we're obviously going to look at the shoulder because that's the most involved joint with pitching. However, if they have limited big toe range of motion, that's going to impact their knee which changes the hip rotation, which then can impact the SI and low back, which then affects the thoracic rotation, causing the shoulder, the pitcher, to have to externally rotate more to compensate. And so that's what causes the pain. So the point of all of this is that each part has a very specific role. And the Bible confirms this when it talks about the body of Christ or the church. And so I'm in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, the New Living Translation, and it says, the human body has many parts. But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. So what this is really encapsulating is the unity in the midst of diversity. So then Paul goes into this little therapy session for all the body parts here and making sure that each one knows its role. And in verse 16, it says, If the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? And the answer is no. And then if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? 
And the Bible goes on to discuss that a little bit further, but I want to stop here um, for a moment because I've seen and heard this with some church members where they will say, I am or am not blank, therefore I cannot contribute or I am less than. So what I would say to this is this is a time for you to maybe stop and look introspectively and ask yourself, what are my gifts? How can I contribute? And maybe that means volunteering with a group that's already established, but maybe that means um, you're going to start something new if you see the need. And that's how this new No Barriers Committee started. Someone saw a need and answered the call to fill it. And so then in verse 22 to 26, we see things in terms of the vulnerable and the marginalized. And it says, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with greatest care. So God has put the bodies together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all members care for each other. If one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all parts are glad. Now, I don't want any misunderstanding here about which groups of people I'm assigning to which body parts, but the main point that I want to get across here is that every person has value. One is not more or less valuable to the whole. So our purpose as a church is to see each other who we are, appreciate what we are each contributing, and take care of each other. And so what does that look like if we actually had no barriers here a whole life? So does anybody know what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is famous for? Love. And um, this happens to be the first value of our church, and Pastor Ken did a whole series on love, and if you missed it, I encourage you to go back and listen. So it starts with love. But then I want to look at our second value, because I think that there are three stages to it. Um, Does anybody know what our second value is? Acceptance. So of course, it's important that people feel accepted as they are in our church. Whether you're in a wheelchair, have a developmental delay, visual or hearing impairments, mobility deficits, whatever it is that the world is telling you about yourself that makes you feel less than, we want to break down those barriers and let you know that you have a place here. And not only do you have a place here, but you actually play a vital role in the body of Christ. So I believe that's the first step, which is acceptance. The second part of that is inclusion. So it's great that we have a place that people know that they're accepted and they won't be turned away, but are we providing an environment where they feel included? So this could be accessibility to the building. It could also be um, making accommodations in our service for those who have sensory impairments. So we are we providing earplugs and headphones for those people? For our Sabbath schools, we have people who might need some regulation or more one-on-one care. And do we have policies in place to address that? Are the events that we put on accessible to those with special needs? So I think all of that ties into inclusion. And then the last step, which I think is the most important, is belonging. Because we can, ha- we can be accepting, we can provide an environment that includes others. But if people don't feel like they have a sense of belonging, then I think that we've missed the mark here. So that really all comes back to our first value, which is love. 
Now, Ken did his own Ken Wetmore paraphrase, so I took the liberty and put my own Carla Monier paraphrase. So in um, 12 verse 13, some of us are paralyzed, autistic, developmentally delayed, dyslexic, have CP or ADHD, but we all have a part to play in the body of Christ. So let's pray. Dear Lord, help us understand what we have to offer and to step up to play the role that you intended us to. Amen. Next, we actually have a panel for you, so I'm going to invite those panelists up, and we will get started. Well, it's one of my favorite things to do, so thank you for letting me. Um, Let's go ahead and introduce ourselves uh, quickly to everybody so everybody knows who you are. My name is uh, Joe Mitsouris. I have eight amazing children. Um, (laughs) One of them uses a wheelchair, all the feelings, Um, and one of them has an invisible disability, so that's me. Hi, I'm Eddie Martinez. I'm a school social worker. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, and I work for the public school system. Um, I provide uh, mental health uh, support and support to all of our families that have a student with either a visible or an invisible disability. You're Heather. I'm Heather. (laughs) Okay, I'm Heather, and I am Emily's mom. She has Down syndrome, and that's why I'm here. Carla. Hi, my name is Angela Sampson. I'm a pediatric occupational therapist, and I teach at Advent Health University Assistive Technologies and Principles of Universal Design. So now you've met everybody, and uh, Carla, uh, I just wanted to point out that the reason we're doing this panel is so that we can shame our church for the way they've been behaving. (laughs) The left-handed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I have a real bone to pick because I'm left-handed too, so. Um, No, but seriously, uh, in first service, you actually said something I thought it was so important for us to point out. Why are we doing this? So I think it's important for us to all understand that we all have blind spots, and that's okay. There's no guilt or shame with that because... We don't know that there are blind spots, right? And so that's kind of the point of today because we want to make sure that we point out those blind spots that you might have. And uh, Maya Angelou has a great quote, and it says, do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. And then the other thing that I want to point out is that um, disability is an equal opportunity minority group, which means that at any point, any one of you could become a part of that group. And so it's important for us to have policies and procedures in place so that we hope that it never does. But if it were to happen, that you coming to church would not be a barrier for you. Absolutely. Just want to let you know, by the way, we'd love to have you participate. If you go on to our website where uh, where, where, where people are viewing this live online, if you're at home, uh, you can write in your questions. They're going to get sent to me on my phone. And uh, if you're here in the sanctuary, you're more than... Uh, able to send those questions as well. I'd be happy to ask them on your behalf. But do we really need to have this kind of a ministry at Whole Life? Yes. All right, that was a quick one. All right. 
Tell me a little bit of, of um, again, not, to, not that we're, we're going to shame anybody or anything like that, but what are some of the, the, the challenges that, that some of you have seen, not just in this church, but other churches where you may have worshipped um, when it comes to finding um, barriers that can get in the way of people with both visible and invisible uh, disabilities? Well, you know, my daughter uses a wheelchair, so... When you see a step, it is a, for us, it's an obstacle. Or a, um, but we take that obstacle and we take it and turn it into an adventure so that she sees it as an opportunity to change things. We are vocal about it and we advocate for her. So, um, yeah, that's a little step. You see a ramp here. And these are all the little changes that we need. Yeah? Can I speak to I would that? love for you to, Heather. Okay. Um, I think we need this ministry. I know I said yes, but um, being a family that has journeyed along with this, um, there's a lot of obstacles that we face. Ours are not physical. Um, Ours are more of preconceived ideas, Um, things that you think about someone that may have a disability that may or may not be true. Um, but I think we need this ministry because of the road that we are walking and the journey that we're taking. Um, I know that there is families in our community here at church, and I know there's a lot of families that don't come to church um, because they need a safe place. They need to know that um, we accept them, we include them, and we're going to do whatever we can to support them, and that is one thing that I feel is really important, is to know that here we here at the church are here to come alongside of you and love on you. Um, Absolutely. So one of the uh, one of the things that can be a little bit uncomfortable um, is that if if you haven't um, if you're not in a wheelchair or you don't have a child that has Down syndrome or you don't you may not know how to start a conversation. You might not you might think, well, maybe, maybe it'll be a little awkward if I go up to Carla and say, so how do people engage in these conversations, particularly if it's not something that they're familiar with? Is it okay to engage in it, or is it something you should just, you know, try to do your own private research on? And what's the best way to handle it if you aren't in one of these groups and you're not really sure what's going on and whether you could make a difference at all? I believe that the first thing we need to do is, it is to approach the family, the individual, and we do it with our very first value that we talked about, which is love, and we do it in a way that is kind, and um, it is most of these families are craving for us to know as well on how we can help support them, so they will be very happy to have that honest conversation with you, as long as you're being honest and genuine and loving and supportive towards the family. So it is absolutely okay to approach the family and say, how can I help your family learn and come to Jesus just like my family does? Also, um, don't stop at the disability. Learn the person. There's so much. There's, my daughter's a dynamic person, but if you stop at her wheelchair, you're only going to see a wheelchair. That's not who they are. So there are people behind a disability. I was going to add to what you said that when you have that open conversation, you also need to respect those wishes. So when they tell you what they need, you need to follow through with what they need. 
um, and not say, well, we'll see. We'll see if we can do that. I mean, be open to the change uh, when you offer that to them. Yeah, that's a really good question. How do you really converse when someone's disability is not as obvious, especially without making that person feel called out? Can give an example to that. Um, uh, Carla and I went to a, a mini conference here in Orlando First Baptist Orlando, and it was about special needs and how to bring special needs to your uh, congregation. And one of the things that they said is it's one person at a time, and you ask the family, the individual. How can I help you? How can I help your child get to know Jesus? What can I do to help them? So I think it's how we say things, what we say, and it comes, like Eddie said, from a genuine heart, and it's, it's one person at a time. We just love on that one person. If you see a need, you see something, um, like I, I saw a family member here at church, and I noticed something um, with their child, and I came up to our this person and I said, I notice this. What can we do to help your child find Jesus? Is there something that I can do, we can do? Because, and, and that uh, family, that parent told me their whole story. So families are craving for you to love on them, and just asking that very simple question opens the door for unbelievable opportunities for Jesus to work in their lives. I think probably one of the most challenging things can be um, having children. Uh, One of the beautiful things about children is they have no filter. Um, And then one of the very distressing things about children is that they have no filter. Um, and so I can imagine that if you have a child that may have some special needs, sometimes it can be a little bit painful what, what children will say to your child. Um, and so how can we um, work with our children to help them know how to impro- appropriately engage with those that may be different than they are? I think it all starts at home. Uh, from when our children are little and we start to educate them and teach them. And, you know, as a parent who had those questions asked in front of others, um, it's, uh, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to do this right now. Um, and also, I think it is the responsibility of the church to start doing it from our children are small in our Sabbath school classes. We, we include uh, all children and teach about um, their differences and acceptance of all differences. So it starts in the home and in our Sabbath school classes as well. Yeah. I think that one of the things that I, I think can be a little bit difficult is that, you know, generally we're attracted to people that, are, that have things in common with us. So does that, mean that, um, does that mean that everybody needs to be best friends with everybody? Or is there, is there some way of practicing inclusion, but also understanding that Maybe not everybody's going to be your best friend, or is, is that okay, or what does that look like? I think that's fine, but you might make a new best friend. So yeah. uh, I, I think in school we teach students to start with the individual first, um, and so they're people. Um, don't focus on the disability. You want to focus on the fact that they're a person. So how would you approach any other new person? You would say, welcome, and how are you, and how was your week, and 
Did you guys do anything fun over the, you know, break? Or, you know, you just can have a conversation with um, them like you would anyone else. And you don't know, you might, you might make a new best friend. Yeah. Um, Emily used to go to public school. And in public school, you have a lot of programs. Um, So you find that you have a lot of kids with a lot of disabilities that are in your public schools. And so kids are used to having children of very various disabilities and they're exposed to it and it becomes a normal route for them so i think by the more that we welcome families and children in that are are unique our children will learn how to have relationships with these children and it doesn't mean that they have to be best friends it's just you never know it's just important that we're just accepting you know what, just one more thing to that. It's we're all in the same church. There's your common ground. You see a kid your same age, there's your common ground. We're all here for God. There's your common ground. There, there, where, where do you build off on that? You know, I don't say, hey, she's blonde. I don't want to talk to her. <laughs> you know, so that, that's what we should encourage our kids to talk to everybody just like they would naturally. Yeah. Awesome. So I got this question. I think it's a, a, an interesting and fair question. And it may... I hope you'll hear it for what I think it's being meant to say. Um, We've been doing our mission and vision for 30 years. Why does the church care about disabilities now? I think no one's... And and I had a couple other comments that said, you know, people who said, you know, I know someone, I have somebody, they feel included here at Whole Life Church. Is this really, I mean, is this a thing? So... Let me ask you that. I mean, I think it's a fair question and one that we ought to, ought to talk about and unpack a little bit. So why, why are we doing this now? I, I think we're known as a church barrier-free. So the more we can be barrier-free, I think we should also try to be the friendliest church. Um, with that, any barrier, if it's not a barrier for you, it's a, it might be a barrier for somebody else. So why wouldn't we try to do that, you know? Yeah. I think also someone had the courage to come and say, hey, this is a barrier for me. And then with that, it opened a lot of doors. And that person also, Heather, thank you, um, was willing to take on this ministry. And so I think that's where it kind of started is somebody finally had the courage to say something, and now maybe we can welcome more people in. You know, I, I, I kind of want to speak to this as well because this is, um, this is something that is near and dear um, to this church's heart. I know this church is an inclusive church. This is a church that cares about people. This is not a church that is, in my opinion, ever not tried to include people. I think the point that I would make is that we may be doing really great for some groups of people, but there might be other groups of people that we're just not aware of or that we we don't know that they're facing something. And so I think the reason I can tell you why as senior pastor I'm excited about this No Barriers group, why are we doing this now, is because I don't view this as a one-off project. I view this as a project that I hope will continue as long as this church exists until Jesus comes back because there will always be barriers that need to be moved. Um, I have been, um, I've also received a couple other uh, 
uh, texts from people noting things that need to change in the church that they're like, this is a barrier for me. Have you noticed this? Uh, have you noticed that your parking spaces, that the, um, that the, the handicapped parking spaces are not particularly widely spaced? Have you noticed um, some other things like this? So the point of this is, again, and I, I really want to come down make this very clear. This is not about shame. It's not that anything was being done wrong in the past. In fact, this church has always been progressive and caring about the least of these. This is a continuation of our mission and vision. This is what this is. And what we can do is we can do better. And the other part of this is I think it's incredibly important for each one of us to recognize that we need to be having conversations. It's easy to get in a rut if we don't talk about this on a semi-regular basis to just kind of get into the lane that makes sense to me and that's my normal and to forget that there's other people that have a different normal than me and I need to be aware of that normal so that I can help them with the things that they're going through. So just real quickly, are we doing anything to help people right now with barriers? Yes. <laughs> we are. Um, we do actually have earplugs and headphones for people who have sensory impairments. I know that we're working on trying to get a lift so that we don't have to use the ramp to get me up on the stage or anybody else that needs that. Um, but those are a few things. We do have parking spaces that are handicapped. Um, can we work on that? We can, um, and we will. Um, we are uh, in the process of creating, um, with Heather and the committee, a, a, a list of things that we can do. And like I said... This will be an ongoing list. I expect the list to expand over time. Um, but there are a number of different things that we want to do. One of the things that somebody texted in to me was, what about a sensory room? Um, one, of the, one of the real challenges for people who have sensory overload in, in an environment like this, it can be incredibly overwhelming. Could we have a sensory room where they would be able to, to be able to get away for a little bit and just kind of... And so we're working on all those things. In fact, there were some discussions we were playing the Sabbath. Should we go ahead and have like a sensory room this week? And should we maybe pull out some, some chairs to make things a little bit differently? And my encouragement to the committee was, let's go ahead and let's leave things exactly as they are. So that if somebody comes and worships with us this week, we're not giving you something and then taking it away but that we will commit that as we can do it every week, we will do it every week. We will put things in as we're able to do it. And I just want you also to be prepared that it's going to cost some money to do that. And we'll be asking you for that because we think you're going to be willing to help out when you see the need. Um, I want to go ahead and ask uh, one final question. Do you guys have any resources that I can have if I have a loved one with learning disability in regards to testing and pinpointing what the exact learning disability might be? Part of what um, the team has talked about is finding community resources and putting resources together so that that very question somebody says, I don't know where to go, I don't know what to do, that our church becomes a place of resources we may not be able to provide that, but we will can be able to tell you, you, you can go here and you have this person and we have a lot of... Yes, just to, uh, to link the families to the services that are available in the community. There are services. It's just sometimes really hard to find them and then you have a lot of cost uh, barriers and then you have insurance barriers. So um, there, it is out there. It's just um, you need someone to help guide you, and, and that's definitely what we're going to be doing. I'd like to say something to that, too. You know, I have a member of my family that has um, 
a special need that most people would never be aware of. And we spent thousands of dollars trying to get it properly diagnosed that we did not have to spend because we didn't know where our resources were out. And um, so I want you to know that as a church family, we're committed to being here as a family would be to help you figure these things out and to work with you. And so as we kind of close up, I'm going to be throwing it over here to Carla, who's going to have a call to action for you. But I also want to say this. We are here to be a resource. If there is something that we can do better, a barrier that we can help remove, please let myself or one of the pastoral team or Heather, who's in charge of our No Barriers Committee, please let one of us know that. We may not be able to do it right away, but I promise you we will take it seriously and we will care. We want to be a church where everybody can have an experience with God. And we know that each one of you want to create that environment as well. So we hope that you guys have learned something today. Um, But we also hope that you will join us in this venture. So if you are willing to be a part of this, um, please reach out to us. I think my email is up on the screen. Um, Please email me if you would like to do that, because we want to break down barriers at Whole Life Church. Um, whether that's financial help, whether that's um, actually being a part of the committee, whatever that looks like for you, we want that to be, um, to be able to do that. And now that we know better, we want to do better. Wow. It's good seeing you all here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are a good, good father care about us and like any father you you go before us you redeemed us into your family you removed the barrier that was between us and you that sin had created and now we have full access to you we thank you for being the god of no barriers help us to be the children that take those barriers away too we pray in your name amen Man, it is so good seeing you. Would you come back next week? I'd like that. It would mean a lot to me to see you next week. I am going to be starting an 11-part series on the Ten Commandments. It's called Arise to Love at Work. Did you see what I did there? Love at Work. L-A-W. Love at Work. Okay, some of you will catch it a little later. Arise to Love at Work. Okay. And uh, we're going to start that 11-part series next week. I think you're going to get a chance to look at the Ten Commandments maybe in a way you never looked at it before. I hope you'll enjoy it. I know you will. I know you're going to be brought closer to God through what God has to say to you in that series. So look forward to seeing you here next week. If you're not here, I'm going to try to call you up. That might be hard, but I'm, going to, I'm looking really carefully. So, okay, we'll see you here. Family, I love you. Go love your world. Hi, this is Randy McGray podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts, Speaking of Grace, and its companion, 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. 
We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast-related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.